Well, glory to God. I'm excited. Are you excited this morning? You know, we rule and reign with Christ Jesus, right? We are called to rule and reign with him. Amen. He is, uh, I always like to say, say he came, saw, and kicked that, you know? There's a saying, you know, he, he did his job. He said, it is finished. I have finished the work that the Lord has sent me to do. And now he's ever at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf, uh, pr- watching over his word to, so it can be performed and praying for us. And I just thank God for the head of the church, Jesus. He's the author of today. Amen. Amen. He's the author of every day, if you'll let him be. Amen. Amen. And so, but he's the author of this, this service today. I, wanna, I want us to do... Um, Something I want to, the next, uh, I have the privilege of preaching this morning and then I'll preach again in the first week in January. Pastor Justin and Annette won't be with us that day either. And so uh, they've asked me to do both of these. And so, and, and Miss Carolyn, y'all don't forget this coming Saturday, ladies, if you have not signed up for the ladies brunch on Saturday, please do so. Her and Miss Lindsay Roberts will be ministering. I'm excited. I get to be there just because I get to be there. So, man, you're not invited, but I get to be there. And I'm going to be a little uh, man on the wall somewhere serving somebody, hopefully. And, and so, but, uh, you know, it's going to be such a rich deposit. I know that every time that uh, you've had one of these, my wife has come back enriched and built up. And uh, she makes changes, which is good. You know, change is good, right? I, the, the C can turn into a G if you let it. Change equals growth. Amen. It means you're growing to another level. And so how can they hear unless someone preached to them? Faith doesn't come by reading. Faith cometh by hearing. And you and I have got to put our, always put ourselves in a position. I was visiting uh, in the green room just a few minutes ago uh, before we came out here. And um, Jennifer Tolley and I were talking and, and she was talking about how the, work, the Lord ministered to her on Wednesday with the message and I said, you know, praise God. You know, I believe uh, Nancy Dufresne wrote a book that Cassie and I went through. It was called uh, Visitations from God. And in the book, she talks about some of the greatest visitations that you'll have from God is showing up to the church that God's called you to be in. And that because when you show up, the, uh, the Lord has deposited things into the ministers that are specifically for this part of the body of Christ. And you can show up and you can change the atmosphere of what's being preached on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night by pulling it out. I told her, I said, you probably, you probably pulled some things out of me that I probably couldn't have preached unless you were in there pulling them. Come on. Really? Because God's, God's, this is not a platform for someone to come up here and just preach what they want to preach. We're, this is this is a holy place. This, this is an altar. This is where we come, and we we our desire and endeavor is always to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you exactly what needs to be ministered every single time you walk in here. Amen. And so, coming into this next, um, so there's four messages that I get to minister. So I I, I was paying attention to the Lord this week and uh, just spending my time with Him. Reminds me of a song I'm gonna sing to you in a minute. But uh, there's a um, uh, and the Lord has been talking to me about a book. And so, um, I've been writing it, playing with it. And, and, uh, he says, I want you to preach a, a few of the chapters out of that book these next four times, every time you come in here. So what you're going to get today is something that's actually going into a book. Uh, so, um, I'm excited about it. Uh, I know what, what, one of the reasons why I'm ministering this is because numbers of times in, uh, Cassie and I spend a lot of times mentoring and coaching uh, a younger generation and anybody that actually God brings to us in the process of it. I find myself communicating some of the same things 
to everybody that I come in contact with. And I was sitting here a couple of uh, years ago. It was here in, in the church. And a young man came to me, started asking me questions. And I'm sitting here pouring myself into him of what God's telling me. And I realized, man, I just poured that into somebody else just like a few weeks ago. And the Lord, and, that, and, that, and then another person came in. I found, I got a phone call. And I ended up ministering to somebody else, another minister. And I ended up pouring some of those same things into them as well. And the, and the Lord, uh, the Lord had me, uh, quicken me and said, hey, you need to, this is important. If you keep seeing it. I'll be celebrating. I know we're celebrating 50 years next year with you. Actually, it's my 30th year in ministry come July. And so it's a, it's a 30, for me, it's 30 years that I've been in ministry. So it's really cool. But the Lord said, I want this out for your 30th. And he told me that like a year ago. So I'm, uh, I'm working on this, but you're going to help me. Say, I'm helping to get out what God wants to get out. So pull this morning. So I'm pulling this morning in Jesus name. All right, so Father God, we thank you for your word that won't return void. It'll do what it set out to do. Uh, we remind the devil that he's under our feet. We thank you for showing up, as you always do, in, in a healing matter to, uh, to minister to us and to our body, Lord. And I thank you that we are enriched and we are strengthened. And I thank you, Father, we'll never be the same. No, never, 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 because of you who has showed up in this time together this morning. Now I ask you, Lord, to speak through my vocal cords, think through my mind, other the things that you desire to be uttered. I'm not limited to my notes, Lord. If you want to go in a different direction or uh, feel led to to uh, minister something or to someone specific, we are yielded to you this morning, Lord. Be it unto us according to your desire this morning. I receive everything and that our prayer team, what an amazing prayer team. Thank you for them, Lord. They've been praying over this message, over this service today. We receive what they've prayed out. We've also received what we've been praying in the spirit, Lord. Every joint supply. So we take hold of what you have in store for us this morning in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. 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 All right. So the title of the book is the perfect day, dot, 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 the perfect life. The perfect day, dot, 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 the perfect life. It was about, um, I guess it was about 15 years ago, Cassie and I were um, sitting at, we went and met a, a general manager of a ministry at a Chick-fil-A over in Mansfield. Mansfield wasn't real grown up just yet, but it was there. And um, he, um, we sat down and of course we were on the road traveling and ministering. God was doing great things and uh, we were seeing great miracle signs and wonders, seeing God do some, some cool stuff. And then there were some things on the inside of us that I knew that God wanted to do. And, um, as I'm sitting there, Cassie and I are eating lunch and he asked me a question. And when he asked me this question, uh, it marked me because I didn't know what was going to come out of my mouth, but he asked me, he says, Rick, there's a lot of things that God has called you to do. There's no doubt. There's an, there's an anointing on your life to do some great things. And, uh, he said, uh, but how are you going to get it done? And I sat there for probably almost 30 seconds, I would say 50, 20 to 30 seconds. And out of my spirit, man said, well, it's simple. I'm going to do, in order to get that accomplished, I'm going to do exactly what I'm doing today. I said, you know what? I got up really, really early this morning. I get up every, early every morning. I spend my time with the Lord. I don't, I'm not distracted. I have my Bible. I have my journal. I have things with me. I'm going to spend time praying and seeking the Lord Every single day of my life. I said, I'm going to do that every single day. Then I'm going to do whatever it is that God's told me to do that day. Just like I'm doing everything that God's told me to do today. I'm going to focus on today because I can't change tomorrow. But I'm going to do everything God's told me to do today. 
And if I'll do everything that God's told me to do today, then I will have done everything that God's wanted me to do today. And then I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and I'm going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to spend quality time with the Lord. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to pray in the spirit. I'm going to take my, take the word of God. I'm going to let the word of God be a lamp into my feet, a light into my path. I'm going to seek and ask God what he wants me to do that day. And then I'm going to get up that day and do whatever he tells me to do. And by the end of that day, I will have done everything it is that God's told me to do. And you know what? Then I'm going to get up the next day. See the pattern here? And I said this out because you know what I learned? I learned this years ago. One of my first mentors, um, Charlie Robinson. He's uh, still in ministry today. Uh, he's in and out of all, a lot of different countries. He travels all over the world. Uh, Germany is where he is right now, I think. And uh, helping church plants and build churches and so forth. And uh, Charlie Robinson was my, uh, my first boss, so to speak, okay, as a minister. I was a young, young minister. I was a youth and rec pastor, recreation minister. We had a gym. And uh, so I'm sitting here, and uh, he was who, I, who oversaw me. He was a, a vice president of a university one time. He's an amazing man. Pay attention. I'm going to give you something, because in your life, there are going to be some specific people God puts into your life for a specific reason. And he's trying to deposit something on the inside of you to take you where he's trying to, to in, eventually have you. And in the next and so forth. And so I, when I was with Charlie, Charlie did something to me one day as I was, cause we're, I mean, we had a church. It was, it was a, it was a, almost three times as much as this church. Okay. So, um, my, my role and what we were doing, I was answering him every day. I was a full-time, I was a full-time student too, but he came in that, that September. And I still remember what he said. He says, Hey Rick, I want to talk to you about something. He said, this has nothing to do with what you're doing from your job. He says, I want to talk to you about your dreams. He says, I want you to do me a favor. He says, I want you between now and December, I want you to start writing down all your dreams. He says, I want you to, uh, I, he says, dream, just these are dreams, Rick. This has nothing to do with your job right now. It has everything to do with your dreams. So he said, to, he says, he said that to me. And so as the weeks went by, he'd come back and he'd go, Hey, Rick, how's those dreams coming? Every once in a while, I just pop his head in my office, say, Hey, Rick, how's those dreams going? How's those dreams going? I, you know what? I was forgot to think about my dreams. So I'd pull my dreams back out. And I started thinking, okay, dream. Now he'd say this to me. He said this to me and he said, Rick, remember, it's just a dream. He said, so if you've ever sat there when you were a kid and you were sitting in the grass and you're looking up or you're on a trampoline or you're doing something and you're thinking, wow, that'd be fun. That'd be way cool. He said, that's, I want you to write those down. He said, they're just dreams, Rick. They're just dreams. He says, in the process of this, I want you to tell me where you want to be five years from now. 10 years from now, 15 years from now, and 20 years from now, and then your ultimate goals. So I uh, thought, okay, I don't know. I'm just going to, of course, even then I had a thought process. I learned early in my life through my parents. How many of y'all have Christian parents, you know? So I learned through my parents, don't neglect the seasons and times in your lives. Okay. So my, my parents, my dad was actually a uh, uh, a Baptist minister for f- over 40 years. And so I had a mom that would ask me almost every day, Hey, have you read your Bible today? You know, 
And, you know, and my kids have heard that plenty of times. So have you read your Bible today? Have you had, and she'd say this, have you had your quality time with the Lord today? Have you, have you set some time aside? And she'd ask me this every day. And she, usually she asked me when I was kind of in a funk. Does that make sense? Because what she's trying to do is a spiritual checkup right here saying, what are you doing right now, Rick? Go read your Bible and see if that's what God really wants you to do. Right? So you go through that. When I got into ministry, I had a, a, no, a notion. This is what created a habit on the inside of me because your habits create who you are. Amen? And so I would spend, I would focus on trying to spend tithe 10% of my day with the Lord. So I'd wake up two and a half hours, two hours and 45 minutes before trying to just work. I was doing this from a natural standpoint, but it was working, right? So I would take those dreams. Remember, these are just dreams, right? These are just dreams. So I'm like, okay, Lord, what else? What did I, what have I dreamed of doing? And I just have conversations with God. What, and I write it down. I wanted to have a state championship as a coach. I wanted to have horses. I wanted to rope. I wanted to travel around the world. I wanted to do this by the time I'm this age. I wanted to have kids by the time I'm this age. I wanted to get married at this age. If I'm going to get married, that was still a thought and process in my life at that point in time. But the reality of it. But what did I do? I was setting a course. Now, so he would come in on a regular basis and say, how are those dreams coming? And I'd make me think some more. So he did this for about three months. Come December, mid-December, he said, uh, let me see those dreams, Rick. And uh, he called me in his office. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it for a second. And he grabbed those dreams. And uh, he folded them and he handed them back to me. And he said something to me. And this is a little different than some teaching. So you just got to hang on to it. But it worked. Okay? I like things that work, right? He says, Rick, I don't want you to go after one of these dreams. He said... God places desires on the inside of your heart. And his word tells you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Delight yourself in him and he will give you the desires of your heart. He says, Rick, don't you go after one of these. He says, you go after God. You go after God. It's not what you do physically that's going to make God head turn. It's going to do whatever you've done that he said that you're supposed to do. He says, so if you'll be obedient to do whatever it is that he's telling you to do. He says, I'm not saying you have to be perfect. But if you'll be obedient to do whatever it is he's telling you to do, you will fulfill every one of those dreams. Every single one of them. Don't run after one of them, Rick. You know what? I can honestly stand here before you today and say all of them have come. To, even the time I, I said I wanted to have kids when I was 32. I wanted to have my first kid, have my next kid by the time I was 34. It happened. Seriously, you're going like, you're, you're marking this stuff out. But here's the thing about it is, as we press towards a mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, I wrote those things down. The Bible says, write the vision down, make it plain. But my pursuit can't be the vision. My pursuit is still him. This one thing I do, says Paul, one, forgetting those things that are behind, I'm pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God cares about your dreams. He's going to fulfill those dreams for you, but he cares more about you than your dreams. And he needs to get some things on the inside of you before he can fulfill those dreams that, you're, that you know that you're called to do. And, and, and it helped me so much because it just erased what I was doing out of the equation. And he'd ask me to do things that I think, why am I doing this? 
And then he asked me to coach. I thought, I, I surrendered my life to the ministry. I got out of sports. But what was one of my dreams? To be a state champion. Have a state championship as a coach. Well, how, you know what he did? He called me into the ministry. I was actually at the cemetery over here, okay, on seminary drive. And so I was going to school there, and I was, and, and I was pressing toward the mark, okay? Just a reality for me, Okay. But all of a sudden, I would, I'd go to the recreation center to play basketball. And I'm in there playing basketball with a bunch of guys. And I realized, man, these guys are ex-basketball players from colleges. And we're having fun. And we're playing, man. And we're having a good time with it. Next thing you know, they say, hey, you want to go play in a league with us in South Oak Cliff? And so uh, I was like, yeah. I grew up in Waxahachie. I was like, man, let's go. We went and played in like, kind of like a, like a D-league kind of thing that you would go to that you would see now. And, and, uh, and we went. I was playing in this thing. They said, hey, let's... Uh, he says, we're thinking about taking a mission trip over to, uh, at first it's part of the South America, then it turned into uh, South, uh, it turned into, into Africa. So we went to Madagascar, the Seychelles, uh, Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, we went to a lot of different places, ended up in Namibia, South Africa. We played basketball. Well, here's the thing about it. On a flight back, here it is, here it is right here. And then I'm going to get to the next point, okay? So in pursuing this, I was pursuing God. It was an opportunity to minister the gospel. I saw God take a ball. We played all the national teams along the east coast of Africa, all the national teams. All the governments put us up. We were getting them ready to play against, uh, get ready for the Indian Ocean Games. There's a big, I don't know if you ever heard of the Indian Ocean Games or not, but that's a competition. So, but the governments and in the Seychelles, you weren't allowed to share the gospel openly, but... We had an invitation to come in, and they said, we don't mind what you do just as long as you're not out on the streets preaching. So we ended up getting, seeing people get saved. Then we go back in there, and there's like in one meeting, you'd 1,500 people get saved. And then you're constantly in a sports arena. So we'd go, and, but the governments are putting us up. Come on. Follow favor. Amen. Follow favor. So God put us in a position to go where he's called us to go to do what he's called us to do. But he also provided a way that came through the world. And when I was flying back, we were in, in Madrid or Spain. I hit the tarmac and the Lord said, I want you to coach. And I said, Lord, I, 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 uh, you know, he said, look, look, look what just happened. Look at all the places that you just went into that you can't share the gospel naturally in without. And God, I opened those doors up. And how did I do it? I did it through a ball. He says, let me use you in this area of your life with the basketball. And I, in my natural, I said, well, Lord, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to open up the doors because I left my teaching certificate. I didn't do any of that stuff. If you want me to do this, you're going to have to open those doors. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't just immediately. I get a job offer working where I was, where I was already in Waxahachie. I ended up coaching in Waxahachie. God just opened up doors, and doors opened up. What was I doing? I was running after God, not running after the desires of my heart. And he, fulfill, he was fulfilling those desires of my heart. <coughs> I had another mentor before Charlie when I was still in college. Now, his name was Leroy Kemp. Dr. Leroy Kemp is still alive. He's in his mid-90s right now. He, uh, until a few years ago, he was ministering still at the university to ministerial students. His whole responsibility, he oversaw all ministerial students. And I was blessed because this first semester that I came was his first year to teach. He had just left the church that I ended up working for later. 
So he was the pastor for 20 years. <clears throat> you got to realize this was back in the 80s. And uh, a gym in a church as an outreach wasn't very heard of back then. It was on the cutting edge. And so now you see them all the time. They're a great ministry tool. They're just a tool, just like a chariot of light bike is. Amen? It's just a tool to reach the community. Right? So... Uh, in the process, I'm working on my degree. Well, at first, I didn't even answer. He helped me answer the call. This guy, Leroy Kemp. Let's get to what he said to me. And Pastor Justin and I have talked about it a lot, so you've heard him say this. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing, the main thing is your relationship with God. Amen. I'm going to say this again because a lot of times it's, a lot of times people say the main thing is the word. It's not. The main thing is your relationship with God. And he'd say this, and he talked to us ministerial students. He was amazing. He, he said, if you want longevity in ministry, it's not how many books you write. It's not how many sermons you preach. Not how many buildings you build. It's not how many people you get saved. If you're going to have longevity in ministry, it has everything to do with your personal relationship with God. Because out of that is where everything else is going to come. And the greatest example I've ever had of this in my life, I've had a lot of different mentors, are the Savelles. Man, you, I, I told... <coughs> I was, um, I think I was talking to Mike uh, just this past week, and I said, you know, one of the, the I've learned so much just watching them, not not necessarily always listening. Does that make sense? You can learn so much by what you see people do, and then their 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 words are confirming what they're telling you by their actions that they're doing. So I recognize that everything that they are is a, a direct a direct result of their relationship that they've cultivated with the Lord. It's not just something they do to have an anointing to go and do something and preach and go somewhere. It is out of the abundance of their heart, they're living what God has called them to live and do on the face of the earth. So if you're going to experience the perfect day, you're going to have to keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is your relationship with God. Not how many books you read, write, or study, or have accomplished, how many degrees you have. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever in your life. It has everything to do with your personal relationship with God. It has everything to do with your personal relationship. I'm so grateful for a mom who asks me almost every day, have you read your Bible today? And it was always fun if I could go, yeah, I sure did. Mom, it was great. I read this, this, and this. But most of the time, you know... I'll let you figure that out, okay? So there were times, but it, it quickened me to remember, read your Bible. Spend a little time with God. And you know what she gave me when I went to college? She gave me these little, this little blessing box of, of scriptures. So she says, hey, babe, just whatever you do, just you might, I know you're getting in a hurry. Things are going on at school. Just take these with you and just at least grab one of them and you can meditate on them throughout the day, okay? So I, you know what? There were times, oh my goodness. There were times I'd be going to the honky-tonk. I, I forgot my scripture today. I need to go get my scripture. I'd go grab my scripture, and I'd take it, and I'd look at it. and Yeah, so anyhow. But, but I had the word. I did not. Come on. So you know what? Everybody's at different points and states in their life, you know? And so my, what was she trying to do? She was trying to cult, continue to cultivate something that she had tried to seed into me my whole entire life. And that was really simple. It's just one scripture, Rick. You read this all the time. This is just one scripture. Just grab a scripture a day. It keeps the devil away. Amen? So it helps, you know, just to meditate on a scripture like that. So, you know, keeping the main thing, the main thing is, 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 is the most important part of having the perfect. Because if you don't have a, if you don't, if I don't spend, here's the song. 
Larno Harris was saying this back in those days, and he would sing, uh, There he was just waiting in our old familiar place, an empty spot beside him where once I used to wait to be filled with strength and wisdom for the battles of the day. I would have passed him by again, but I clearly heard him say, I miss my time with you, those moments together. I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say you're too busy, busy trying to serve me. But how can you serve me if your spirit's empty? There's a longing in my heart, wanting more than just a part of you. It's true. I miss my time with you. And I would, that's, you know, I, I grew up, you have to trust God with every stage of your life. I actually used to lead worship. Can y'all believe that? And then I, I married, stand up, baby. I married my beautiful wife. Okay. And so I'm so grateful for my wife. And here's another thing. If you're, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing is your relationship with God. So every day I get up and my wife, my family, anybody that's ever lived with us for any a season of time, they know if we've got something going on, I'm liable to be up three, two, one, four, whatever time it takes for me to get my time alone with God. Because once everything starts going, you've got everything else pulling on you that you can't hear what it is that God's trying to tell you. And you have to have those moments. And the Bible says, seek me early and you will find me. Not at the end. When he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, that means first in every area of your life. If you're going to live the perfect life, if you're going to have perfect days, it's going to become by putting God first. You and I have got to prioritize that in our lives. You got to fight for it sometimes. As you get a, become a mom or you become a dad or you get a job and all of a sudden things start happening. I remember when I went into coaching, man, I still, I committed myself. Okay, I'd get up. If I had to be on that floor by 7.30 in the morning, I guarantee you that I was going to be up by 4.30 in the morning so I could have my time and then get to work on time. Come on. Why? Because I, here's, and the reason I said that right there is because my wife, how did my wife come? I got up one morning and I, I was uh, picking grin. Miss Betty got to experience a little bit of that. We had a privilege of being with her family and at the funeral. And Cassie and I actually got to sing together old country gospel. Okay. So in the process, I was always the pick and grin guy. Okay. And then my wife would get up. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So the reality of this though, about six months before my wife came, I'm in my quiet time with the Lord, having my personal relationship with God. I'm in my quiet time. And the Lord says, I want you to start using other people to lead worship. I was like, okay. He says, now I need you to focus more on ministry. I need you to focus so that you can just be more focused on preaching. Let someone else. And then also there's some, some amazing people around you. Start drawing on them to come be with you and what you're doing. I did. Kenny Cable came and did a, helped me do a revival one time. And I had some other people, called other people. And then there was, this is about six to eight months later, all of a sudden, uh, Trey Johnson, y'all know Trey, right? Trey had called me a couple of months before that. He said, and he told me about my rich, young, beautiful, amazing, anointed wife, right? 
Well, at the time, I was like done with trying to figure out women, okay? So that was just not happening really well in my life. So that's another story in itself, okay? So I just, he was like, dude, actually his driver called me. And I love you, T, if you're watching, you're amazing. Uh, but he said, hey, dude, I got this girl I want you to meet. And I said, really? I said, T, don't even, he said, no, seriously, man, she's amazing. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then Trey gets on the phone and starts talking to me about her too. So, so here's the deal. What am I doing? I'm talking to you about the main things to keep the main thing, the main thing, the main thing is your relationship with God. So he told me that months before you need to start utilizing other people. And one of the things Trey said to me at the end of the conversation, Rick, no matter what, just if you ever feel led, let her come lead worship for you. The girl packs the anointing. And it'll just, you, you will enjoy it. You love to worship and she will bring, and she said, and God got on to me, but she is a godly woman. And I said, okay. So about two months later, I call my wife. Well, I didn't know it was my wife at the time, but I was actually preaching down here at the, at the stockyards in Fort Worth. You know where the stockyards are, right? I was going down there to preach and uh, it was during the cold, it was like in, yeah, so there was a, a blizzard that came in and I was based out of Oklahoma City at the time. So uh, the person that was going to come and minister music for me that morning couldn't come. Well, he had told me that Cassie had moved back to Fort Worth. So I thought, you know what, I ought to call that girl. <laughs> All right, so that's my thought. But what is that? I had an unction, it, but that came as an unction too. The Holy Spirit quickened me. Hey, why don't you call that girl that Trey talked about? What are you doing? As many are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And I'm telling you, I don't want to go into the details of my past before Cassie ever came along, but I had been for five years just praying over the perfect wife. So it took me a while to get to where I was to get myself out of the way so that I could receive her for me. So in that moment, but that's when the Lord quickened me. So I called her and the rest of the story. I met her in March. I proposed in May. We got married in June. Okay. So when you know it's the Holy Spirit, when you've spent time with God, there's no, there, she knew this is how more spiritual that she is than I am. She knew the first time that she heard my voice. She was sitting in a deli and she just kind of gasped. And the girl said, what's wrong? He says, I think I just heard my, it was a voicemail. And she said, I think I just heard my husband's voice for the first time. I knew in the second conversation. And so uh, that we had on the phone and I was still a little nervous because I wanted her to be pretty and I didn't know what she looked like. So we didn't have, you didn't have Facebook back then. So I was like, Lord Jesus, <laughs> mama sweat. I know you're watching. I called mama, mama sweat called me and goes, um, Rick, what's going on in you? And I said, well, I preached Sunday. I preached yesterday. I'm preaching Wednesday. And then I'm going to Fort Worth to preach on Saturday. I said, lots going on. I said, a lot going on. No, what's going on? I said, well, you know, I kept beating around the bush and I said, I don't know. What, what do you mean? What's going on? And she's taking my spiritual pulse, right? And I said, well, I said, the only other thing I can think of is I did talk to this girl. Man, she said, that's it. And she started asking me questions. By the end of the conversation, she said, she's the one, right? She, before, and that was, that was nice. And so, anyway, praise God. But, you know, he confirms his words with signs following. No, not, not she was nice. She was right. Miss, uh, anyway, Cassie's right 99% of the time. Amen. Okay, amen. So, but praise the Lord. But here's the deal, though. I didn't go, this is what I had. Now here's, I will give you a little backtrack. I went looking for my wife. I thought I knew what it took. I, I dated a lot of, I tried on a lot of different pair of shoes. Just, I'm, that's one of those things for me. I had to get redeemed from Ricky. I, I had to, that word, that scripture, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. That needed to be real in my life. It couldn't be just something I was saying out of my mouth. And so I needed to re, I tr- 
I had picked, I, I, God needed to reconstruct my life where that is concerned. I needed an overhaul. And it took the Holy Ghost to get it. And it came through that intimacy that I was having with him on a regular basis. So when I was so intimate with him and I talked to her, the intimacy was the same. Don't be yoked together with, you know, unevenly yoked. It was so easy. We'd never skipped a beat. Our ministry took off and went to another level. Amen. So keeping the main thing, the main thing is something that you and I have to work on in order to make happen. Amen. So say, I will keep the main thing. The main thing. Guard. Okay, stop right there. Guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. I want to step into one little area here, and then we'll close up. Okay. One of the areas. That my go back to my parents for just a second. That helped me. I was a freshman in high school. This will be one of the chapters. But I, I was a freshman in high school. Now I grew up in a in a Christian home, uh, and uh, in the process of you know my parents. I've told you a little bit about that. Uh, my dad wasn't always around. I love my dad and me and him have a great relationship to this day. He was the type, he grew up in the generation where a man provides for his family. The woman takes care of everything else. Does that make sense? So he's a hard worker. So he's outgoing. That's, uh, that's relationship. There was no relationship with my dad. I love my dad. My dad loved me, but his way of showing me that he loved me was providing for us as a family. He never, I played multiple, I played two sports in college. He came to, I think, two of my college sports. And uh, I think he came to one of my high school competitions in four years. I love my dad. Don't get me wrong. But my dad helped me. The, the greatest deposit my dad ever made into my life was his personal time with the Lord. My dad still gets up with the, and spends time with God every day. But also he sowed something into me in my freshman year of high school. He said, Rick, he took me to Proverbs. And I do want to read this scripture. Go to Proverbs chapter three. Man, I didn't get to the scriptures I wanted to get to. That's okay. We'll get there in the second session. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. I'll come back to that other one. I was a freshman going into my freshman year of high school. He said this to me. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them about your neck, write them on the tablets of your heart. So shall you find favor and a good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Now I'm going to go into detail more in the next uh, session that we have in, in a little while, but I want to, I want to st- I want to give you a little bit of a taste of this. The reality of what this took place for me. My dad set me down and he said, look, son. He says, um, I'm going to fail you. Your mom is going to fail you. People are going to fail you because people are people. They don't mean to. It's not that we don't love you. We're going to do the best that we can to help you with every area of your life. We're just, I'm just being real with you. People make mistakes. And that's just part of it. He says, but God will never fail you. He says, I'm not going to be there every time. Every time that you need an answer, but God can be. He says, I'm not going to be there uh, when you're trying to make big decisions all the time for the rest of your life, but God can be there. And he says, I can't, I can't tell you what to do and what not to do because you're at an age and time in your life where you're going to make decisions that only you can make. And I can't make those decisions for you. He says, but if you'll cling to this right here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. If I will keep the main thing, the main thing, 
And the main thing is my relationship with God. If I trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean out of my own understanding, what am I saying? I'm not going to rely on yesterday's manna. I'm going to focus on what God's given me today because what he's given to me today can't be different from what he gave me today. It'll build on what he gave me yesterday. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's just trying to get us up to his level. He came down to my level when I couldn't get up to his. You know, there's an aspect here. God's trying to take us to higher levels of intimacy with him. He's trying to pour more of himself and more of the blessings that he has for us on us. But we've got to get richer and stronger in who we are in him rather than our own abilities. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean out unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. So if I'm going to, I've got to go, okay, God, what do you want to do today? How do you want to do this? If I'd have said, you know what, Lord, I can't coach. I'm called a minister. I'm going to preach the gospel. That's what I'm going to do. Would I have been in the perfect will of God for my life? No. There's, God, there's doors that God opens up. I believe I would have hit door after door for trying to go into ministry. The reality of it is God's way, his, his burden is easy and his yoke is light. But make sure it's what he's telling you to do, not what you're trying to do. Okay, so delight your, so from that right there, okay, not only that, a little bit, I learned some things. He, he opened up my eyes to a man by the name of Solomon. And, I, and, and he says here, if you want favor as a young adult, as a teenager, everybody wants to be liked, right? Everybody wants to be liked. He says this, if you want to find favor with God and man, if I want favor with people, if I want people to like me, always remember to be truthful and kind. Always remember to be truthful and kind. Hold these virtues, write them on the tablets of your heart. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Always remember to be truthful and kind. Write them upon the tablets of your heart. You know, I was, and, and this, is, this is God. All I was doing from that, I, I, God was depositing, keeping the main thing, the main thing. The main thing in my life, even before I knew he was doing it. Come on. He was establishing seek ye first the kingdom of God through my parents, even before I knew what was really happening. I was looking to try to do what God wanted me to do because I wanted to have success. Because I saw Solomon, he was successful. As a young guy, that guy was rich. I thought, man, and he was a great leader. And as a young, young teenager, I wanted to be wealthy. I wanted to have influence. I wanted... And I did. I was vice president of my senior class, senior. Uh, I was president of the Spanish club, president, uh, vice president of FCA, uh, president of Future Teachers of America. I was, uh, I, seriously, and you know, the reality, I was Mr. Waxatchee High School. Seriously. What was I doing? I was running after God way of doing things. I was true. I, I still, Cassie and I cannot go to Waxatchee. Somebody walk, she'll, if they see her name, they go, do you know so-and-so? Me. Or my dad. I don't care where you go. There are people that walk up to me. I have no earthly idea who they are and walks at you. Hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. Give me a hug. And I'm like, praise the Lord. Thank good to see you. Thank you. You know, it's why? It's being truthful and kind. Be truthful and kind. Hold these virtues tightly. Write them deep within your heart. You will find favor with both God and man and have a reputation for good judgment and common sense. You know what I got my scholarship on? And this is bragging on God. It's not bragging on me because I wasn't trying to get a scholarship in this aspect. I got a National Merit Leadership Scholarship. My school was paid for. I got to stay there for a while. Seriously. 
But what was it? What, what I saw in Solomon, because my dad gave me that scripture, and I began to study the life of Solomon, going, this guy's good. And I'd read a chapter a day. I look up Happy Caldwell says, yeah, read a chapter in Proverbs a day. It'll keep the devils away. Amen? So the reality, it teaches you the principles, just common sense principles on what to do and what not to do on a daily basis. Then I looked, I said, well, how did Solomon get this smart? And I thought, he prayed something, and I prayed this my freshman or sophomore year. I can't remember when it was, but after studying it out for a while, I thought, wow, he prayed this, and that's why God blessed him. I said, God, give me the wisdom to lead people the way you need me to lead people for your kingdom. And I prayed that. God was ordering my footsteps. God was ordering my footsteps. The steps of a righteous man ordered by the Lord was, I, I didn't even know I was righteous at the time, not until I got a brother, brother Kenneth Copeland and I found out the force of righteousness. And I studied that thing out, man, because I realized I am the righteousness of God. Whether, what I did does, does not matter anymore. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And my footsteps are ordered by the Lord if I let the Lord order my footsteps. See, the perfect day, the perfect life has, every, life has everything to do with my decision of whether or not I choose to make that day perfect. And the only way that day is going to be perfect is for me to submit myself to God. Resist the devil and resist my natural tendencies. I got to continue to press on to the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I got to trust what God is doing in my life more than what I'm doing in my life. I cannot lean onto my own understanding, my degree or whatever else I've got, what I've done or what I haven't done. I still have to know, I, you know where I am right now? I'm, I'm loving my life. I'm exactly where God wants me right now in my life. If I, if, if I were to share with you all the things that I wrote down, I knew at this point in time in my life, I'd be doing something like this that would allow me to be in a position to do even greater things for God. Cassie and I determined years ago, why do something of our own when somebody else is already doing what we're doing? You know, you, we look at the Savelles, it's so easy to serve them because they're running after the exact same vision that God's been giving me for years. And it's like, man, do whatever we can to make sure them and pastor Justin and pastor Annette, they're, they're chasing them just like we are. But you know why? Because they're chasing God, not chasing a house, not chasing a car, not chasing another airplane. That's going to come because they're chasing God. They're seeking God. They're not seeking the things. And you, you, you have to have confidence the three last things I'm going to tell you in order for you to have the perfect day, the perfect life. One, you got to get fed up with the way you've been living life. If you don't get, if you think, well, I'm, you know, it's not so bad. I read my Bible every once in a while. It's all good. Listen to a podcast here and there. Okay. You know. No. First things first. You got to get fed up with the way. If you're going to see perfection in your life, you're going to, if you want to have the perfect days, you're going to have to choose this part. You got to get fed up with the way your life has been. If it hasn't been that way, okay? The second thing is you got to get totally convinced that you can't have a perfect day. You have to get, you know what? God's created, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, right? We got to get excited about today. This is your day. Expect That's what brother Roberts taught for years. Today is your day for a miracle. Expect a miracle. You've got to get your believer up. You've got to start expecting God to do something great for you today. Every day you got to wake up with an anticipation. This is that day. I get, this is going to be the best day of my life. You've got to wake up like that. And the third thing, do whatever it takes. That's the third thing you have to do. 
You have to do whatever it takes. Change your schedule. Wake up a little earlier. Go to bed a little earlier. Do whatever it takes to put yourself in a position to download from heaven what God has given you in order to accomplish what he's going to impart into you in the day that you have in front of you. Amen? You got that? Praise the Lord. Thank you. You guys are awesome. And uh, I'm excited. Can you tell I'm excited? It's, it's easy uh, for me to preach this because I keep, you know what? I, we get better all the time. It's the small foxes that spoil the vines. I, I love what Vince Lombardi used to say. He said, we're going to do what you do better. It's the sm- simple things that confound the wise. Doing the simple things, doing the practical day-to-day things. That's what's going to put you over. That's what's going to put me over. And I'm excited about it. You excited about it? Oh, welcome Pastor Cassie. She's going to come and minister the offering.